The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, October 11, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob. Hello. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, Jody Hamilton from The Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker Podcast is right here. The Dow took another big shit yesterday, clearly because this is the most robust economy ever, right? You believe what that asshole says. Trump doesn't give a flying rip about the Washington Post columnist who was disappeared by the Saudis. We'll talk about exactly why Trump doesn't care. Take a guess on that, huh? Two words, Washington Post. That'll be the problem. The Georgia Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, is rigging the governor's race there to his own advantage. Shocker, he's a Republican. It's a big darn deal. Stacey Abrams should be suing the state right about now. That needs to be happening. And the midterms are just days away, and now you can remind yourself to vote every time you wash by picking up Bubble Genius's Vote Soap. It's a five-ounce bar of sweet-smelling soap artistically carved into the shape of the word vote, with a third of the proceeds going to resistance candidates across the country. Only $7 from Bubble Genius, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order, only from BubbleGenius.com, the newly redesigned BubbleGenius.com. All right, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Margin call, gentlemen. Oh, you can't expect us you to... You know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. You know perfectly well we don't have $394 million in cash. I'm sorry, boys. Put the uh, Duke Brothers seats on the exchange up for sale at once. Seize all assets of Duke and Duke commodities brokers, as well as all personal holdings of Randolph and Mortimer Duke. My God. We're wrong. This is an outrage. I demand an investigation. You can't sell our seats. A Duke has been sitting on this exchange since it was founded. We founded this exchange. It's ours. It belongs to us. Oh, my God. Mortimer, your brother's not well. We better call an ambulance. Fuck him. Now you listen to me. I want trade reopened right now. Get those brokers back in here. Turn those machines back on. Turn those machines back on. Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska Show. Uh, John Oliver, that wasn't very nice of you to say. Eat shit, Bob. All right, welcome to the show. How you doing? It is the Trump crisis day, 6.30, 25 days until the 2018 midterms. 25 days left before we can save the goddamn republic. It's happening. It's happening right now. I can hear it. I can hear the blue wave. I can also hear, oh, look, it's Jody on the show. She's also here. Hi. Hi Hello, hello, Bob. Hello. How are you? I am good. Great. I'm exhausted. I did like 12 <laughs> podcasts in the last 24 hours. I'm just like podcast man now. I just wake up, roll into my office, put on the headphones. All right, who wants to talk to me now? I mean, it's like, you don't even know who you're talking to anymore, do you? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm finding out what it's like to be Jody Hamilton. It's like I'm Jody's on so many shows and I have to match Jody Hamilton now. So now I've booked myself on every show that I can find. So like yesterday I did the uh, Stephanie Miller show, of course, in the morning. Naturally. And then I did uh, the Start Me Up podcast, which I produced, which is uh, uh, Kimberly Johnson and Steph Walton. And they talked to Alyssa Milano yesterday. So that was so a, jealous. So jealous of them. Yeah, that was a big deal yesterday. And so I, I produced that show. I just basically run the board for them. And then right after that, I talked to Tom Nichols, and we're going to be talking about my interview with Tom Nichols in just a minute. I, I did one more show. Oh, yes, that's right. I did my commentary for Buzz Burbank News and Comment, as I always do on, on <laughs> Wednesday. Do. So that was four podcasts. And then I did another podcast this morning, the Yes Music podcast, which I talked about the uh, the time I spent uh, working for the band Yes in the early 2000s, where I did a bunch of album cover art for them and, and some video stuff. And we talked about all of that for the Yes Music podcast that whole period of time it was crazy
crazy because the album, just give you a hint of, of what we're going to discuss on this uh, Yes Music podcast. The album Magnification, that's a Yes album that came out in, well, it was supposed to come out in 2001. You know what the release date of that album was? What? The album that I did the cover for, like my favorite band in the whole world, and I finally got a job doing one of their album covers, and the album was set to be released on 9-11. Oh. <laughs> it was the 9-11, Tuesday 9-11 was the release date, September 11, 2001. And so, of oh. course, the whole thing was flummoxed. It was just a disaster. And the shame of it is, is it's a great album. It's maybe their best album of the post-70s era for, for Yes. It's one of my favorite albums by them. And not just because I did the album cover. So we talked about that on the Yes Music podcast. And then I've got a, another three dozen podcasts lined up between now and dinner tonight. So we, <laughs> we have to hustle up and finish today's show, this show that we're on right now, so I can do another 11 shows after we're done. So I've got that all. <laughs> You're the hardest up. working man in podcasting. That's right. And of course, as we were speaking of podcasts, as I mentioned uh, on the show on Tuesday, we have the great Tony Atamanik lined up Yay! for... October 22nd, which is uh, is a Monday. We're going to do a Monday. special Monday show for the, uh, the interview show instead of Wednesday because the night of the 22nd, the night of October 22nd, that's when the new President Show special comes out on Comedy right. Central. So we're going to talk to Tony Tamanick right before... His uh, President Show special comes out that night. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be so much fun. And I, I, uh, I've been trying to get Tony on the show for, I don't know, a year and a half. And we finally managed to work it out. Plus, I've got uh, Greg Sargent next Wednesday. So that's going to be fun. Uh, so you want to tune in for that. Greg Sargent from the Washington Post. He used to be over at Talking Points Memo. And he's just a genius. He's got a new book out called An Uncivil War, which we're going to be discussing. I've got a copy of it right here, right next to my copy of The Death of Expertise by Tom Nichols. Uh, okay, so where do we start, Jody? Um, I almost feel like rolling the, uh, remember we used to do the, I don't know, what was it? We had a, like a roulette wheel that we would spin. Yeah. Or it was like, a, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> we used to do a thing. Yeah. Saw, yeah, it was the slot machine of insanity. Because right. I think now we kind of need it. Yes, here we go. Let's roll the slot machine of insanity. I'm going to reach over and pull the lever. There we go. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. What's it going to You know, I almost I almost started doing the Trump sound. The bing, bing, bong, 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 bing, bing. What, what, I actually have a slot machine in my house. Oh, you do? It takes quarters, but it's from 1912. Does it take quarters with bees on them? Is that how that works? <laughs> no, those are nickels. And, uh, no, <laughs> no it's, it's awesome. It's really old school, man. Uh, one of these days when you come back down here into the Los Angeles area, you have to come over and play on our slot machine. Oh, sounds good. I can't wait. I'll bring a, a lot of uh, nickels with bees on them. For your yes. your old timey slot machine. Well, you know what? The, the slots have reset on our slot machine of insanity. So I'm gonna reach over and pull the lever. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, it's coming up. Dow, Dow, Dow. Yeah, down, down, down. Yeah, the Dow collapsed yesterday. It was down 832 points. Uh, the last I checked, it was at uh, down 90 points for the day. Which is not good. And of course, uh, Donald Trump was making it seem as if, uh, totally normal. We expected this. It was a long time coming. We totally knew this. And by the way, the chairman of the Fed is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, it's not that we want this to happen, but it's so appropriate that the guy who's spending all his time bragging about the economy, knowing that, you know, he was born on third base and expects right. that he, you know, hit a triple. Right. Uh, which isn't the case at all. He's just piggybacking off the success of the Barack Obama economy. Uh, but but he's taking ownership of where we are right now, which is stupid, because at any moment, things could collapse and he would be screwed. He, of course, everyone would blame him. And this is a big chance that he's taking. But of course, Trump always makes things worse for Trump. So this right. is uh, this is on him. So and of course, we don't want the economy to do poorly. That's not what we're saying here. No. But when it does, we know who to blame because he has now officially taken ownership of that. So how can we not blame him? If he says the economy is doing well because of him, if it mm -hmm. collapses, we can only blame him. No, so, Bob, you're not thinking like a Trumper. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, again, I'm thinking too logically in all of this. Right. They're going to they're right. all about the eternal now. They're all about, right. oh, we don't care what we said three days ago. 
Or 10 minutes ago. Or 10 minutes ago, for that matter. It, all that matters is whatever Trump is saying now. That's the only right. thing. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if he's contradicting himself. It doesn't matter that he's a hypocrite. It doesn't matter that he's crazy. Right. They'll, they'll just cheer for whatever he's saying at that moment and consistency be damned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks like what happened with um, the Dow yesterday is tech stocks dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, big, uh, Jeff Bezos lost $9 billion personal. <laughs> Poor thing. I don't know how he'll ever recover. I don't know, man. He's, he's going to be like one of those old-timey hobos where it's just going to be a turned over <laughs> oil barrel and he's there, you know, slicing a one bean. You know, like the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons <laughs> when they would be homeless and they'd have one bean right. and they'd take a knife and slice the one bean like a, like a loaf of bread and then eat that. He'll just start slicing his caviar eggs in half. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor, poor Jeff Bezos. When I, I heard that this morning, I just laughed. I'm like, okay, so he'll sneeze that off and he'll gain it back in a week. Yeah. And, you know, the man's worth, he doesn't. He won't even notice $9 billion right. out of his portfolio. <laughs> right. Well, meanwhile, uh, speaking of Donald Trump, he had this weird outburst yesterday. Uh, he went oh, off. Really, I'm shocked. Yeah, it was a really bizarre outburst. I mean, it wasn't normally it wasn't one of his usual outbursts. Which, you know, for example, he was the other day when he was uh, talking about his new NAFTA deal, NAFTA version 2.0. <laughs> yeah. uh, he kept looking for a guy named Bob in the uh, entourage that he had standing behind him. Bob, was he yeah. looking for you? Yeah, he was. Bob, what? <laughs> And and, uh, and 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 of course now I've started using this as a metaphor for my daily life covering the Trump administration, where every time I turn around he's pestering me. Bob, what? Bob, no, stop pestering me. No, Bob, no more Trump news. Bob, cut it out, Mr. President. <laughs> See, so, but I mean, he's used to doing this. He does this all the time with these bizarre, weird outbursts. So yesterday he was talking about the rules for the Me Too movement. Somehow mixing that in with the fact that he won Pennsylvania, you know, two years ago. He's never, I swear to God, he's going to be in the grave, in the coffin, under six feet of dirt, and he's still going to be under there going, I won Pennsylvania. Everyone said there's no way a Republican wins Pennsylvania. I also won Wisconsin. And of course, Hillary didn't go to Wisconsin. They said, no, you're never going to get to 270. And he's going to still be doing that speech even as a corpse. But here was uh, here was Donald Trump talking about the Me Too movement and Pennsylvania. Watch for the weird outburst. Pennsylvania hasn't been won for many years yeah. by Republicans. But every Republican thinks they're going to win Pennsylvania. They didn't quite get it. But get I got it. it. <laughs> That's another thing he's been doing. You know, I don't know if you noticed, Jody, but Trump is doing a lot of skits and voices. Like, Yeah, I've been, yeah it's been annoying. I don't know what has gotten into Trump, but he's now doing bits, uh, you know, during his during his stand up routine. He's now into improvised skits and sketches and, and funny voices. That's what he does now. And the other thing he does is this. I don't know, this weird winded voice, too. They didn't quite get it. They didn't get it. it. It's called the workers. It's called workers. They didn't get it. Every Republican. I used an expression. You know the. What was that? Why? I don't know what that is. Why? I don't know what that is. Just randomly in there, he's doing. He's on a completely different uh, thread, and then suddenly, right in the middle, he just goes, "Every Republican get it." But I got it. It's called the workers. I got it. Every Republican. What? I used an expression. You know, there's an expression, but so, it, that I did not edit that. That is not touched in any way. As far as what? I didn't insert that in there. He just he's just talking, and then suddenly every Republican. What? <laughs> so weird. I, oh my god. He's is he's it so the voices weird. in his head? Does he have a producer speaking to him like a newscaster? I mean, what is going on? As I've always said, uh, Jody, it's the brainworms. It's the brain <laughs> You're worms. right. You're 100% right. brain worms. Here it is in context again. This is so strange. But I got it. It's called the workers. the workers. I got it. Every Republican. I'd use an expression. You know, there's an expression, but <laughs> so under strange. the rules of Me Too, I'm not that allowed to use that expression. so bizarre, right? Every Republican. Ah! I don't know what that even is. 
I love lamp. I love lamp. I don't know what we're yelling about. I don't know what we're yelling about. Exactly. Every Republican. Just a random insert in there. Totally a non sequitur, but no one cares. Like, oh yeah, that, that, that time that he just shouted randomly, every Republican genius. Gen- greatest president ever, right? Every Republican. Fine. <laughs> On a serious note, um, he doesn't care what happened to this Washington Post columnist. Uh, no, he doesn't at all. Jamal Khashoggi. Is that how you sp- pronounce the last name? Khashoggi? I think so, but don't. I, well, I'm it, just lucky I can say Vessel next to I. I, see, <laughs> I can't even say that. <laughs> Every Republican. Uh, yeah. Vessel I, next to I. I can't say it. And he was obviously set up by both Turkey and Saudi Arabia to be disappeared. Mm-hmm. We don't know if he's dead, but there has been some uh, obvious conversation along those lines. He turned up at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul on October 2nd, and then a bunch of guys, a bunch of goons from Saudi Arabia, who uh, investigators are saying uh, played a role in this disappearance, they were ready in there and they were waiting for him. Uh, they flew in from Riyadh, uh, which is the capital of Saudi Arabia, early that morning and checked into two international hotels in Istanbul. But if you're driving to the consulate in the leafy Levent neighborhood, said uh, two people with knowledge of the investigation. One of them, uh, the uh, a hotel in Istanbul is a few minutes from the consulate by car. By the end of the day, a 15-member Saudi team had conducted its business and left the country, departing on planes bound for Cairo and Dubai, according to flight records and the people familiar with the investigation. Turkish officials have previously said they believe Khashoggi, a prominent journalist and critic of the Saudi government, was killed inside mm-hmm. the consulate. Uh, the Turkish officials who are examining the squad's movements have now expanded their investigation to explore what happened at the residence of the Saudi consul general, uh, located 500 yards from the consulate. A photograph taken from a, a Turkish police closed-circuit television camera outside the residence and obtained by the Washington Post shows a Mercedes Vito van with tinted windows that security officials say transported some of those men from the consulate to the residence about two hours after Khashoggi entered the consulate. In the week since the disappearance of Khashoggi, a contributor to the post-global opinion section, the Saudi government has maintained that he left the consulate soon after he arrived. But nobody saw it on camera. Yeah, it's not on any camera. And we've got charts here and graphs of the the property, the consulate property, and where all of the security surveillance uh, uh, video cameras are. Surveillance Uh, caught him going in, but not exiting. Right, right. And there are several cameras behind the consulate, Mm -hmm. both on the corners of the the wall that, that surrounds the building, And then there's one across the street uh, that uh, is related to a preschool that happens to be across the street from the security booth uh, of the back door. So, yeah, and no one saw him leaving any of those entrances. Wasn't he going in there to get permission to get married or something like that? Am I remembering They coaxed him. They coaxed him there. The the word is at this point that Saudi Arabia promised him something and, and coaxed him into... Uh, meeting them at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. But it seems fishy. Donald Trump's slow walking on this seems fishy. Yeah, we've heard in the past stories about guys like Mike Flynn uh, with regard to trying to disappear this uh, cleric who's an American citizen. He's a cleric, correct? Yeah, he's he's a Turkish cleric, actually. Oh, Turk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Erdogan is is looking for that guy. And so... I wonder if this has something to do with Trump, because as you know, uh, Jared Kushner has been working with Saudi Arabia for quite a while now and is very, very tight with them. And we've seen some of the uh, Russia related uh, and uh, election related news stories coming out with regard to Saudi Arabia's involvement and then the seashells meeting or Seychelles meeting. I like uh, the saying seashells better. Seashells. Yeah, it's a lot more fun, isn't it? Seashells are always more fun than <laughs> meetings with Russians. Because where... she sells seashells by the seashore. That's right. So I don't know uh, how this came about, what, what exactly happened here. But, you know, when it comes to Donald Trump uh, and, and this uh, entire Trump crisis, mm-hmm. I mean, we can't discount anything. We can't take anything off the table uh, related to how this guy does business. 
Um, well, and of course, we know he hates the press and especially anybody from the Washington Post. Yeah, right. And then we're now we're hearing that uh, the U.S. knew of the Saudi plan to capture the columnist, oh. and they failed to stop it. Uh, details surrounding Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi's disappearance after entering the Saudi consulate in Istanbul last week remain a mystery, but according to a new report from the Washington Post, U.S. intelligence officials seem to have discovered a plan to capture him before it happened, and then they failed to successfully intervene. That's crazy. And I wonder if that was a mistake or if that was by an order from the White House. I just hope it was a mistake. Um yeah, uh, it, it would be it would be horrific it were if it were a stand down order. Yeah, I, I yeah, it really really would. But you know we've been predicting for something like this happening for a long time, and this is the thing that we need to watch out for. And I'm not, and again, I'm not saying necessarily that this is the beginning of Trump arresting dissidents and journalists and and uh, people from the deep state and so on, but it, it's possible that it is. I mean, we now we know that U.S. intelligence knew about this. They intercepted Saudi officials' communications. That revealed a plan to capture Khashoggi and get him to Saudi Arabia. It was unclear from this information whether Saudi wanted uh, to and then kill him or arrest him. They didn't, they didn't know yet at that point. Or if U.S. officials made Khashoggi aware of this, the source uh, for the Post said. Um, University of Texas law professor Steve Vladek weighed in on this revelation saying it's remarkable that the u.s had this intelligence and seemingly failed to act on it and this would be something i would imagine requires the go-ahead of either the national security council or the president himself uh, because this is quite a big deal if this is a frenemy like saudi arabia trying to entrap one of our journalists one of our american citizens and we knew that something like that was going to go down that requires the president's intervention the president's green light i i would think because something like that goes horribly awry if our intelligence officials overseas try to intervene somehow and that goes horribly awry that's an international incident with you know the world's top oil producer for example Mm -hmm. and of course trump today was all about yes the saudis they spend so much money in this country lots of money and they give us lots of money, and they invest in, in lots of arms sales. We got weapons. We sold them the invisible plane. <sighs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that should give us an, an idea in terms of where Donald Trump's head is in all of this. Right. You know, it, it, the same goes with Russia. I mean, his reactions to Russia were very similar. And what do we know about Donald Trump's relationship with Russia? So, and I, I again, I'm not trying to go down the conspiracy theory road with all of this i'm just saying <laughs> it's a possibility we, it is we a ha- strong possibility yes yeah we got to keep our eyes and our ears open when it comes to donald trump and what he's doing behind the scenes because this yeah. is all crap that he thinks that his outbursts during his rallies and his outbursts on twitter will distract us from like we'll all go rush over and say oh my god donald trump's crazy look he keeps keeps having outbursts like this every Republican. He's doing that, and we're not looking at what's going on uh, behind the scenes. And this may be one of those situations. We also have this story uh, via Olivia Nutzi uh, from New York Magazine, who met with Donald Trump in the Oval Office in this bizarre scene where Pence shows up, and then uh, Mike Pompeo is there, and then John Kelly walks in, and it just turns into this Donald Trump rant and it just it screams out to me again i i hate to talk about conspiracy theories i hate to beat this horse to death but it just the quotes from this new york magazine interview just scream out to me cocaine and i'm not Uh, saying exactly cocaine but something similar adderall provigil we've talked about all of the possibilities for these cognitive enhancers that either the president is completely mentally incompetent where he just repeats himself and he goes over the same territory over and over again and he just goes on and on and on without stopping this bizarre stream of consciousness filibuster thing that he does right i you know it's either that he's completely uh, mentally ill 
or he's using something to disguise the fact that he's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is this is one of the things we used to do with Chez. Chez was used to be great at taking one of these Trump quotes and then reading it <laughs> seemingly in one big long breath. So <laughs> you need to send me these, and I'll try to do that in the future. <laughs> yeah, but I mean this this one paragraph. This is one paragraph and they've got it completely quoted here in how did they punctuate it because he's hard to punctuate lots of punctuation i see here but it it, (laughs) it doesn't necessarily need it because when he actually says these things it's just everything strings together uh i'm going to try to read through this see if i can make it make it all the way through uh it says here but i want to tell you a couple of things the chief uh chief of staff john kelly is doing a very good job. I'm very happy with him. We have a very good relationship, number one. Number two, I didn't offer anybody else the job. I didn't talk to anybody about the job. And I'm not I'm not looking. Now look, with time, do people leave? As an example, Nikki Haley told me six months ago, even a year ago, but six months ago, that, you know, she's been governor, she's done this, she's helped with the campaign, a lot of good things, and probably saw the conference. It was a very, very positive thing. We have a very positive story going on at the White House. We have a very positive story for the country. We're doing a great job. We have the greatest economy in the history of our country. We have among the greatest job numbers among the many groups. We have the greatest job numbers. He said that twice. We have things going on that are phenomenal on trade. China wants to make a deal. I said, you're not ready yet, but they want to make a deal. And at some point we might. Iran wants to make a deal. They all want to make a deal. We have great things going. We have a very smooth running organization, even though it's never reported that way. So the real story is that. It's really the real story. You want to walk in here. You you don't see the chaos. There is no chaos. The media likes to portray chaos. There's no chaos. I'm leaving for Iowa in a little while. We're doing something that's going to be very exciting tonight in Iowa. A big, big announcement, actually, doing four rallies this week. I think the rallies have, frankly, built up our poll numbers very greatly. What am I now in Rasmussen? 52? (laughs) That was all all one thing. Oh, my God. Make him stop. And then he continued. Plus, there's 10%, they think, where people don't respond. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if this is nice or not nice, but when they didn't respond, or when they don't respond, that means it's an automatic Trump vote. But it's a 52, Trump said. And we're doing very well in the polls. You see what's happening with respect to the election. I mean, you know, to the midterms, even though I know, historically, the president, you don't tend to do so well in the midterms, but we have. This is a different presidency, and this is the greatest economy ever, so we'll have to test that. But even the polls are saying that we have really come a long way in the last three weeks. I think we're going to do well. And that's all I have to say. No, it isn't. I want to just tell you, I'm very happy with General Kelly and I get along very well with him. We have a very good relationship. If we didn't, I wouldn't stand for it for a minute and he wouldn't want it any other way. So it's just a different narrative that what you were saying. And with that, you're going to have to write what you have to write. But the truth is, we're have, we have a really smooth running White House and nothing and nobody has done more in the first two years as president. We're not even up to the second year. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Bob. Oh, shut up. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. She was up. on Fox and Friends shut this morning, apparently. Oh, uh, right. Uh, shut, yeah. shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, I, I just watched that episode of Breaking Bad last night. By the way, where that comes from, and you know what? I think I cut out some shut ups. I don't know why I would do that, but why it bother? seemed like there were more shut ups in the actual episode than there are in that oh sound clip. But God damn it! God damn it! He just kept talking. He just kept talking and talking and talking. So strange. So strange. Um, yeah, and I also love how he keeps referencing Rasmussen. Uh, uh-huh. There was just all kinds of gibberish. That's like in me there. Um, re- referencing like PPP. It's like, sorry, it's a partisan polling. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, right. I mean, this is like saying I always go back to that clip from National Lampoon's Vacation, where Audrey and the one cousin are on the teeter totter. Uh-huh. And they're talking about how they, they're old enough to French kiss. Right. And my daddy says I'm the best. <laughs> my daddy kid. says I'm the best at it. Right. And that's right. what I think of that line every time I think of Trump when he references the Rasmussen poll. Or he says someone right. on Fox News Channel said something nice about him. Oh, daddy thinks I'm the best at it. Right. Oh, good. You've impressed your dad, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy thinks I'm the greatest. Oh, really? <laughs> We, I mean, shocking. I mean, did you have any classmates when you were in like grade school, Jody, where they, they were always talking about how great their mom thinks they are? Luckily, no. <laughs> Strangely, I knew a lot of kids like that. 
All of our parents wanted us to be better. <laughs> Mommy thinks I'm the best. <sighs> no, ours were like, wait, you only got an A in that? Where's that A plus? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so uh, that's the extent of this. Well, this goes on and on. This New York magazine, I mean, is unbelievable. I read just two paragraphs. There are at least a half a dozen more paragraphs like oh that. Oh, my God. I mean, if you're worried about this guy and, say, the nuclear button, none of this helps. None of this helps. No. It's just horrendous and awful and and just terrifying. But maybe if he were going to try to declare war and get the nuclear football, he would repeat himself so much that he would talk himself out of it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Someone would have to tell him, oh, Mr. President, that button you just pushed, you thought it was the nuclear football, but... Uh, you it was just, just for the Diet Coke. Yeah, just ordered more Diet Coke, that's all. <laughs> just ordered a sandwich. So, enjoy your sandwich, Mr. President. We're, enjoy your Big Mac. We'd rather you have a sandwich than to, you know, start a nuclear <laughs> destroy, war. Yeah. To, to destroy, destroy the world. human civilization as we know it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, well, speaking of destroying human civilization as we know it, uh, national security expert Tom Nichols was on the... Uh, uh, interview show yesterday. We had a great time talking to Tom Nichols. Um, Good for him, too, leaving the party. Yeah, I mean, that piece in The Atlantic was gigantic. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. big, I, because I think it mainly reflects a general attitude among yeah. moderate conservatives. I mean, cons- mm-hmm. conservatives who are both moderate in their tone of voice and moderate in their policy ideas. Like, you know, Tom, right. Tom was talking about in that article about how you know, he supports a strong national defense. He supports a uh, uh, limited government and things like that. But he also mentioned right. that he's, you know, he supports uh, civil rights. He supports abortion rights. He supports, you know, he's, of course, you he's know, old school conservative. <laughs> exactly right. He's climate change as the real uh, or the, as I like to call it uh, based on the Al Gore term climate crisis he thinks the climate crisis is a legitimate concern and that we have to do mm-hmm. things to uh, uh mitigate that so it's a great conversation i mean to me the uh the unification or not the unification but a cooperative dialogue between uh the right and the left can start here among right. the never trump conservatives and and this was another example of that but the reviews are in for our conversation uh angela phillips mills said on uh, on uh, on our patreon page i love this interview so far i'm just worried that if trump pence ever leaves we'll go back to disagreeing with wallace schmidt nichols are they going to turn into republicans we can't talk to i don't think so no, I, I don't, don't think, think so either. Especially Nicole Wallace and Steve Schmidt in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think uh, Tom Nichols is going to be, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to disagree with these guys. I mean, it's just, when it comes to the, the granular details of the issues, we're going to disagree. But in a broad stroke way, I think we agree on a lot more. It's just a matter yeah. of extent. You know, I think, for example, I think we all, to an extent, believe in low taxes. You know, but the conservatives believe in even lower taxes than we do. I mean, we certainly don't want to tax middle-class Americans at 50, 60%. Right. You know, that's, we're liberals, but we're not insane. So we do, to a certain extent, uh, believe in things like low taxation and limited government. We don't want government to go out of control. It's just that conservatives want more limited government and we want less limited government. So there, there, there is a commonality. There's a big overlap in the Venn diagram between us and them. And I think this is a way to bridge that. Meanwhile, Diane Boyle on Patreon says, wow, fantastic interview. It makes me long for the days of two healthy political parties. William Refselin said, great interview. Have him back regularly. It builds faith in those you don't agree with. I would have debated a few of his statements, but gladly because he is a good debate opponent. Ziggy Blue, Mayor Ziggy Blue says, today's show was a breath of fresh air. A liberal and a conservative had a nuanced, civilized discussion, which is fantastic. Uh, Stephen Blazo said, best one yet. Cindy McNary on Twitter said, Bob and Tom, the podcast gave me strength and hope moving forward. Tom dropping the F-bomb at the top was a riot. I was not expecting that. I cannot tell you how much I appreciated, appreciated two reasonable men from both sides of the aisle being sound, practical, and reasonable. Love you both. And Dave RC on Twitter said, great conversation, insightful, civil, and intelligent. Yeah, so that was... a. Uh, it was a good time. So you want to go to our Patreon page. It's a free presentation. You don't have to subscribe at all. You just go to our Patreon page uh, through bobseska.com. Just click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo to take you right over there. Or you can find the uh, links to it on my Facebook wall or on Twitter. 
And uh, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our bonus content. You can subscribe at different levels, $1, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month. And for those levels, you get different uh, different kinds of bonus content, uh, including our post-mortem show and our Friday after party. Plus, if you subscribe at $15 a month, you get a commercial-free version of this show. Plus, uh, that version includes the post-mortem show tacked on to the end, exactly how we record it. As soon as the end music finishes playing, we start talking on the uh, post-mortem show. So thank you to everyone who, uh, who's supporting our Patreon page. And please, uh, if you have some extra folding cash, make sure to uh, subscribe to our bonus content on our Patreon page. Thank you. That's it. That's all I have to say. I'm done. Okay. I promise. Nice I, talking to you. I promise I'm done with the commercial. <laughs> Bye. The Bob Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, welcome back to our Thursday show. Jody on the show. Jody Hamilton is here from the Stephanie Miller Show. Thank you for joining us. I'll be the <laughs> I, Hey, I used to know Chris Squire. Oh, Chris was the best. That's one of the things I talked to uh, uh, Kevin and Mark from the Yes Music podcast about earlier today. Uh, when I was working with Yes and doing some of their album art and so on, the member of the band that I got along with the, me- the best was Chris Squire. Yeah, he was a nice man. He was, he really, was really nice. Just he a, had huge hands. Gigantic hands. <laughs> yeah, I remember shaking <laughs> hands with him the first time. And I'm not a small guy. No, he, his hands could like palm my whole face. Yeah, know? that's right. I thought he was going to crush my hand when I shook his hand. <laughs> but uh, he was just a, an incredibly nice guy. I'll never he forget really sitting in the lobby at the... Uh, their recording studio in Santa Barbara. And <laughs> I was sitting there and one, he had one of his basses, uh, this Fender jazz bass with like a silver finish on and everything. And he's just playing. He doesn't, he wasn't plugged into an app or anything like that. Right. And then at one point it was like that mean Joe moment in that Coca-Cola commercial uh, from the seventies. <laughs> that commercial. Yeah. Where he hands me his bass and wow. I'm standing there or sitting there on the couch across from him. And he was sitting on a, like a lounge chair and I and I held this bass and I you know put it in my lap and I started playing it like an idiot like okay yeah <laughs> I'm gonna show Chris Squire a thing or two on the bass <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can John and whistle that Chris Squire <laughs> that's exactly right and so uh, that was just a, a memorable moment of so many others and I I talked about all that with uh, with Kevin and Mark from the Yes Music podcast so if you're a fan of Yes or a fan of progressive music you want to subscribe to that show it's going to be out tomorrow the show that I recorded with them today so we'll watch for that on uh, on Friday well meanwhile in the world of politics Jody um, mm-hmm. let's see what uh, now what has happened in the last five seconds well I know oh my God <laughs> my God. Uh, Chris Ray told the Senate the other day that the uh, White House limited the reopened investigation. Into, yeah, and there's uh, gambling in Las Vegas too. Is the, oh yeah right. <laughs> yeah, it's so obvious. I mean, this is uh, this is a thing, and Christopher Ray testified mm-hmm. along these lines. And of course, he contradicted what Trump has been saying. Trump said the other day, NBC News, this is from a Trump tweet on September 29th. NBC News incorrectly reported, as usual, that I was limiting the FBI investigation of Judge Kavanaugh and witnesses only to certain people. Actually, I want them to interview whoever they deem appropriate at their discretion. Please correct your reporting. He's talking to NBC News. And of course, we find out several days later that Ray said, Chris Ray said the inquiry was very specific in scope, limited in scope. That was, that was his terminology. Very specific in scope, limited in scope. Right. He insisted that the process was consistent with the standard process for such investigations going back a long ways, he said. He declined to answer any specifics about what the White House would or would not allow the FBI to examine. I believe George H.W. Bush did not put any limits on the investigation into Clarence Thomas. No, no. So, no, this was not normal. So, once again, it's, you know, break out the urgent music. Trump lied. What? (laughs) Trump lied about something, Jody. Don't tell me that, Bob. I'm gonna, it's going to ruin my whole theory on him. Oh, how are we going to go on now that we know that Trump is a lie? I know, it's so disappointing. <laughs> oh, of course, of course he lied about this, no doubt. Uh, but here's an interesting piece of news, and I don't know what the long-term repercussions of this happen to be, but 
John Roberts, Chief Justice John Roberts, referred the allegations of judicial misconduct against Brett Kavanaugh to outside judges for investigation. More than a dozen misconduct complaints were forwarded to Roberts after they were deemed substantive enough to require outside investigation by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, where Kavanaugh served as a judge and where Merrick Garland is currently serving. And, of course, Merrick Garland, like the professional jurist that he is, uh, decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to recuse myself because... Yeah, ethics. What are those? <laughs> yeah, normalcy. It's amazing. It's like a breath of fresh air, isn't it? When people uh-huh. do the right thing in government right. now. Yeah. Seems unlikely, but there it is. Merrick Garland recused himself from investigating Brett Kavanaugh. And that's, you know, he didn't really even have to do that. He didn't. Exactly. He did not have to. It's not, it's not Kavanaugh's fault he wasn't seated. It's not like he's in investigating Mitch McConnell or the Senate. Yep, exactly right. And so he, he definitely went over and beyond the realm of what he had to do in this case. Yeah. And we can definitely assume that Kavanaugh, as uh, Trump <laughs> likes to say, um, isn't going to recuse himself from anything involving Donald Trump. Of course not. Because, you've, of course, he's not the... You know what? I'll be, really, I'll be pleasantly surprised if Kavanaugh does go ahead and recuse himself from, say, determining whether or not the president can be indicted. So, or subpoenaed. Or subpoenaed, for that matter. So we'll see what happens there. See, I'm sounding like Donald Trump. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> It's all starting. I can't even use the word, hey, that trumps this, because it bothers me. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, the Supreme Court, without Boozy Bart sitting on the bench, (laughs) upheld this voter ID law in North Dakota. Shockingly, Sonia Sotomayor decided with the majority on this. Really? Uh, Kagan and RBG did not. Kagan and RBG were the, uh, the sole... Holdouts on this, the dissenters, if you will. Now, what what was the reasoning for this? Because, I mean, like, I just voted yesterday, and I vote absentee here in California. And when you do a return address on that, it has to be a physical address and not a P.O. box. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the same for you if you show up in person. Because I've always lived in a residence where I've, uh, my mail always comes to the residence. Um, so I'm not, cause friends of mine that live up in Arrowhead and Big Bear, they also only have PO boxes because of where they are in the mountains yeah. that it's the, the male people can't get there. So, or it's difficult when it's snowing and yada, yada, yada. So you can't get your mail necessarily. Mm-hmm. So they all have PO boxes up there, but I know they can all vote. Yeah. Well, this is clearly, I think a case where they're trying to unseat Heidi Heitkamp. I mean, well, yeah. Is, and I mean, they're disenfranchising all those native Americans. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what this uh, whole case was yeah. about. Uh, This is about Native Americans being disenfranchised by this voter ID law, because I mean, those are the people who end up getting screwed in all of this. Right. And it's, you know, people who are not as well off as your typical white person in the suburbs somewhere. I don't know if there are. Are there suburbs in North Dakota? I have no idea. Yeah, well, sort of. I've been there. Yes, there. There. It's interesting. I just Um, just it's actually a very pretty country. I just imagine it looking like Deadwood. Like, no, it's. It's very actually parts of it look like upcountry Maui. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's weird. It's very weird. I was like, whoa, this is really strange. But the mosquitoes are like giant, and they they you know they need landing strips because they're so big. Wow, well, Jesus. And they really get at you. Um, but um, it, like, what was the reasoning to uphold this awful law, and why did Sotomayor? Agree. Yeah. Well, what ha- the reason is okay. For, first of all, the voter ID law requires a residential indre- uh, address in order to right. cast so a ballot. So, PO box is is. I mean, it's you're technically in the city. I guess. I guess you could have a PO box and live outside where you're residing. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, yeah. The, the state's uh, Native American population alleged that the uh, this requirement would disenfranchise tribal residents, many of whom lack right. the proper identification and do not have residential addresses on their right. ID cards. So um, this, of course, was challenged and it went up the line. Uh, Let's see. Ruth Bader Ginsburg noticed that according to the factual record of the case, about 20 percent of voters likely to try to cast a ballot in the midterms will lack the required identification. Another approximately. Yeah. 18,000 North Dakota residents also lack supplemental documentation sufficient to permit them to vote without qualifying ID. Uh, this is all it's just horrible. I, it just seems like the Voting Rights Act should have 
uh, eliminated this right off the bat. But of course, the Supreme Court that's been gutted struck down Section Five of the Voting Rights Act, which doesn't allow preclearance anymore for these formerly slave states. Uh, so right. that's a, a big hole in the process. And the other thing is, it just all seems to me as if it's a poll tax. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> that I was remarking on that yesterday when I noticed that this is the first time I've had a ret- return to the polling uh, envelope that didn't require a stamp. Yeah, right. And because I've, I remember having to put two stamps on my ballot before, mm-hmm. which to me is a... Is, a poll tax, if you think about it. Yep. It's a small one. It's, you know, minuscule, 50 cents or whatever, or a dollar, but it's still a tax because then I had to pay to vote. Our, our envelopes now have business reply. Yeah. Well, here um, it is, actually, so. just now that you mention it, you were talking about P.O. boxes. Um, yeah, what's, what was the argument against that? Is it because you can't prove where they reside? Yeah, tribal IDs use P.O. boxes, which are not sufficient under North Dakota's new law. That seems like okay. Then, then they vote in that precinct where the PO box is. I, you know, that's that solves that problem. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, you know, the, again, what we're talking about here, though, in the big picture, is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist exactly. Right. I mean, there is no voter uh, fraud in person, right. single person voter fraud. Yeah. Walking in and Zero. voting twice. You know, the whole early and often thing. That's just not happening. And I, I think nationwide, a couple of people get caught here and there out of hundreds of millions of registered voters. We've got, we got one or two. And yeah, so, I mean, maybe one year you'll get 20 people in a presidential election mistakenly voting either for somebody else or twice because they didn't know they couldn't or they're a felon that didn't know they couldn't. I mean, it's so it's usually just ignorance of the law, not trying to break it. Yeah, yeah. Ginsburg, uh, RBG warned that the court was risking widespread confusion and disenfranchisement. The risk of voter confusion appears severe here because the injunction against the requiring residential address identification was enforced during the primary election because the Secretary of State's website announced for, for months the ID requirement as they existed under the injunction. Reasonable voters may well assume that the IDs allowing them to vote in the primary election would remain valid in the general election. Right. If the eighth sir, so this is a bait and switch. This is uh, uh-huh. whatever you use to get into the primary is not going to help you in the general election. This is a an on off switch that they threw uh-huh. to completely confuse voters, making. Yep an already complex situation, even more complicated and confusing. Uh, she said here, if the Eighth Circuit stay is not vacated, the risk of disenfranchisement is large. Right? And, we're, and again, we're talking about here control of the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. It could down, come down to Heidi Heitkamp. And to me, every liberal, <laughs> this is a weird statement to make, but every liberal in North Dakota, all four of them, <laughs> need to turn out and vote for Heidi Heitkamp because she I voted think. no on Kavanaugh. And and while that's how she should have voted, it was, it was politically political harmful. Yeah. yeah, it was a huge political risk. Mm-hmm. And we've seen her drop. I think there was uh, I think she was down four points back in mm-hmm. September. She's now down closer to 12 points. And that could determine the balance of power in the Senate. It could come okay. down entirely to that. So no wonder. They're monkeying with the voter ID law. And the same goes, the same goes, of course, for Georgia, Jody. Oh, yeah. Charlie Pierce said it best on Twitter yesterday. They need to get UN election observers into Georgia, the state of Georgia, not the country of Georgia, the American state right above Florida, that Georgia, where Bo Bowen from the Bowen Law Group works. That's the Georgia that is, again, being hijacked by Republican shenanigans. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get into that right after this one last break. Back with more show after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? 
So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, it's time to go shop and go to our uh, website, BobSeska.com. Click the all-caps Amazon link just beneath the logo, and it'll take you right to Amazon.com, where you can go shopping for anything your heart desires. I mean, literally every product imaginable is over at Amazon.com. And we collect a teeny tiny fee from some of the things that you buy. So thank you for doing that. All right, I'm just looking at this video on uh, on you on uh, not on YouTube, but on uh, on Twitter right now, Jody. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Kanye West inside the Oval Office, and I, I swear to God, I swear to fucking God, I have desperately tried to avoid talking about Kanye West or Kid <laughs> Rock or just all of this fucking madness with these deranged celebrities who are at least claiming to support Donald Trump. It's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's all a big publicity stunt for them. I think that's what Kanye West is doing. I think he's nuts, but I also think he's in this for just like to stir things up and to keep his name in the news. But this video of Kanye West inside the Oval Office, he takes out his iPhone and he goes to unlock his iPhone. And this is just a close up view. He's in plain view of everybody. He types in his password, you know, a six digit password to unlock his iPhone. You know what the you know what the password is, Jody? Take take a guess. Is it It, Trump? It, no, it's and it's not the word password either. It's it's okay. a numerical password, and guess what it One, is? One, two, three, four, five, six. Nope, it's zero 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 zero. I shit you not. That is Kanye West's password for his iPhone. <laughs> I not. I swear to God, I'm not making that up. That is absolutely true. God damn it! No wonder people get hacked all the time. Wow. If, if I mean, and and talk about a stupid fucking idiot. <laughs> makes his password zero zero. You know what? I know it's complicated. It takes it takes an extra three seconds to type in that digital password when you go to unlock your iPhone. So he's making it extra easy for himself. It's to me. Wow. I see that and I think, well, he's just he doesn't want to remember a complex number. Well, why even have a password then? <laughs> I know. I know. Why bother? Why I mean, if, if you're going to bother with a password, at least make it something that it's going to be difficult. With six digits, it's, it's difficult for somebody to figure out <laughs> in the amount of time before the phone locks forever. Um, so I, I don't quite understand. If it's going to be that easy, why bother having one? I don't. Uh, it's just a mystery to me. I don't, you know, far be it for me to understand what's going through that guy's head, but a zero 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 password. The first guess that anyone would take for a password is the one that comes Kanye decided to use. Okay. Wow. Uh, ultimately, that's irrelevant. If he gets hacked, he gets hacked. You know, he's, he's yeah. I mean, and uh, what does he have on his phone? Dirty pictures of his wife. <laughs> yeah, lots of dick pics. I'm sure. <laughs> lots of pictures of Donald Trump, just sweaty <laughs> and screaming as usual. Um, okay, so we've got this problem, this serious, serious problem in Georgia, and yeah. this, I, I mean, you you couldn't be more obvious if you tried in terms of what exactly is going on down there. I mean, every Democratic lawyer in the world should be descending upon Brian, Brian Kemp. Brian Kemp is the Secretary of State, and he also happens to be running for governor. So, doy... Of course, he's going to rig the election for himself. What he did is he took, what is this, like 50,000, 60,000 applications uh, for voter registration and just stuck them in a drawer. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did. And he's, he's delaying, like, counting. It's, it's crazy what he's doing. Yeah, and it's, it's because they didn't uh, pass through the exact match verification process. Right. And and Georgia's not supposed no, I'm sorry, it's Indiana that's not supposed to use cross check because they got popped too. Wow. Wow. This is in, in fact fifty three thousand registrations are just sitting in a drawer. Right. In an like, a wafer thin margin between uh mm-hmm. uh Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams and and Steve Brian Kemp. I almost said Steve right. Kemp. That's- 
yeah. Well, <laughs> the reason is, is because of things like, oh, they didn't put the hyphen between their, you know, oh, say please. someone has who has two last names, they sometimes use a hyphen and they sometimes don't. One well, more reason not to change your name, ladies, when you get married. Exactly right, because it's going to flummox the system. And unless you yeah. go through, you know, you jump through the 98 hoops to change it back somehow. Kemp's office has canceled over 1.4 million voter registrations since 2012. Nearly 670,000 registrations were canceled in 2017 alone. Mm-hmm. In a recent television appearance on Comedy Central's Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Abrams called Kemp a remarkable architect of voter suppression. And he's running for governor. Mm-hmm. And, and he's basically eliminated 53,000 potential voters for Stacey Abrams. This is shocking that this is allowed to happen. And of it, course, it should be illegal. He should be not, he, and nobody should be, he, bleh, I'm mad. Right. <laughs> and, and of course, if we didn't have a hillbilly running the Department of Justice, Jeff Sessions, right. I mean, if this was Eric Holder, Eric Holder would have already parachuted into Savannah. Yes. You're absolutely right. To, is that, what, what's the capital of Georgia? I almost said, I almost said Savannah. Is it, uh, I have no idea. I should know. Is it, it's Augusta? not Atlanta? I've, I'm, I'm, now I'm suddenly stymied on the capital of Georgia. It's Atlanta. It of course it's Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes, it is, is it Atlanta. Atlanta. Duh. Duh. I, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a political writer, professional. I'm a professional. <laughs> I don't know you, this shit. You majored in poli sci. You should know these things. That's right. The ca- uh, Yeah. Let's... <laughs> Please it's Albany. Wait, no, that's New York. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it's of course Atlanta, and that's where uh, uh, Eric Holder would have parachuted into to stop this madness yeah. from going on, and rightfully so, because again, we're talking about Jim Crow era laws mm-hmm. here. These voter IDs are Jim Crow through and through. They have yep. made it entirely clear there have been Republicans after Republican after Republican after Republican who has admitted that voter ID and some of these other measures are intended to elect more Republicans. Every Republican! Mm-hmm. Because the fewer people who vote, and they don't care if Republican voters are swept up in this process, whether it's a cross check or whether it's a voter ID laws, they don't care because it's just a matter of overall numbers. The, mm-hmm. the fewer people end up turning out to vote, the better the Republicans do, especially because that's the only way they win. Yeah, exactly right. The only way they can win now. And what we know is that the Republican Party is entirely and solely about winning at all costs. Yeah, whatever they can do, they're going to try to do it. And they're just daring anyone to do anything about it, especially the Department of Justice. And now they've got, you know, basically the the skids have been greased, as it were, for uh, all kinds of shenanigans. That's why we got to show up in huger numbers than like we. It has to be presidential election numbers. Yeah, this year. yeah, absolutely right. There's no doubt about that because if it's not that, you know, it's just going to get swept under. And and the yep. the problem is here now. We already have Trump, and and this is an area where he might be doing the right thing, although who knows. But um, Donald Trump is actually setting up the excuse for if something goes horribly awry on election day. Right. He's saying that it's going to be the Kavanaugh effect, and it's going to be the economy that's going to push a blue wave into becoming a red wave. Mm -hmm. And... What I've written and what I stand by 100% is if there is Russian interference, it's going to be in those toss-up races. I agree. Because, well, it makes sense because the excuse will not be Russia if things go the wrong way. Mm -hmm. If things go a swing toward the Republicans in all of these toss-up races, Senate, House side, both. And certainly in the state legislature side. But uh, if that happens to be the case and it's it's Russia that that makes the difference in those toss up races, well, the press is going to, of course, follow suit from what Trump is saying and what a lot of members of the press have been saying, which is that the uh, that it's the women's fault. Mm -hmm. All you women that were complaining about, you know, being raped. uh, It's your fault. That's that's the Trump line that it's all making a big stink about Brett Kavanaugh and, you know, not wanting to be raped is is why the election is going to swing to the Republicans. That's the line that we're going to hear coming out of the midterms if things go horribly awry. Well, now, you know, you need to have hard evidence, according to Melania. (laughs) Yeah. 
hard evidence, right? I don't know what that means. Because eyewitness testimony is still evidence. She's expecting what? A stained blue dress? Be best. Is that what she... Well, I don't even think that could prove it. That just proves sex. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) What What is the evidence? What, we need pictures of injuries that took place yeah. during the rape during the sexual but we assault. need to know it's that guy that did it because you know as according to susan collins something did happen to dr ford but she was mistaken even though she knew those two guys prior to that point in time yeah so note to all the women listening in right now when you're being raped make sure you have one of those medical swabs that you see at a doctor's office in one of those glass jars make sure and you body have one cam. of them yeah make sure to have a swab and swab the your rapist's dna while you're yeah, get it, get get definitely get DNA under your fingernails or something, yeah. and then get you have your body cam. Well, that that's actually I was on. I was joking about the swab, but I mean, but yeah. that's actually a practical thing to get uh, some get of the DNA, DNA obviously under your nails. But, but still, I mean, it's it's just like even if you do that, oh well, she just liked it rough. It's just horrible, horrible people. I mean, unrepentantly you know? vile, vile, repulsive human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That we're dealing with. And I wrote a piece for the banter members area uh, at the dailybanter.com uh, yesterday. And it's out, it's out right now. Uh, just the extent to which Trump just doesn't care if, if he's the president of the whole country. Oh, no, he doesn't care at all. He only wants to be the president of the 40%. And, right. you know, a lot of us talk about, well, oh, Trump, he's not my president. And, I, you know, I've never really subscribed to that. Uh, school of thought. I've never been on on board with that meme necessarily because technically he is the president. Right. I mean, whether we like it or not, he's the president. He's recognized. We can apologize for him, but uh, yeah, Yeah. technically you're right. You're absolutely right. But, you know, I'm I'm rethinking that position because (laughs) he he clearly doesn't want to be my president. He doesn't want to be your president either, Jody. He thinks thinks that we're evil and that we're all Mm -hmm. part of this evil mob. Yes. I'm very mob-like. Yeah. Well, Well, you're Italian, so you really can't argue with him. (laughs) That's exactly right. Yeah, I know the real mafia. There, we're. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers. We're like that, me, me and the mafia. But this is it. I mean, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, for all of the bullshit he's talking about with regard to the mob, mm-hmm. it's just it's hilarious because Donald Trump himself has done business with the actual the mob, mob yes. right? With the actual mafia. <laughs> we're all part of the mob. <laughs> Oh, fuck that guy. Seriously. Seriously. He doesn't want to be our president. You know what he's doing? He's pardoning us from receiving any blame for this disaster. So history, you know, at this point, history won't blame us at all. They'll, they'll blame the p- people who are responsible. And we're mm-hmm. totally exonerated because Trump Trump doesn't want to be our president either. He just, you know, he's governing for the, the 40%. And that's it. So well, yeah, and I, I'm just, I, I just want to, him to know that I am still angry that I have not received my Soros check. <laughs> Me neither. When is that going to come finally? No kidding. Did you see the screenshot that uh, I think it was Sue from Rockville posted uh, from the Maryland Craigslist or something? No. Uh, October 4th rally somewhere in that area. And uh, they were offering $100 to people to come to the Trump rally. So they're upping the, they're upping the ante. It used to be like $15 or $20, but now they're offering $100 because people aren't willing to go now for only 15 or 20 bucks. <laughs> right, right. And did you notice that Fox News Channel is not airing all of the rallies right. anymore? And, of course, Trump's been out of shape about that. Well, it's because they're not as impressive anymore. He's not Beto O'Rourke who's bringing in 50,000 people to a rally. Well, how many times can you actually watch Donald Trump making an ass of himself just with these stream of consciousness rants, these cocaine rants? Well, yeah, there's nothing new and it's weekly now. It's not like it's an event anymore. It's just like he's it's like a work day. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if any of us have ever known someone who's uh, who uses coke regularly, cocaine. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're fun to hang around with for a few times, a few parties right. until their cocaine they're rants boring. become endless. And, you know, when you're talking back to them, they're only waiting for you to stop talking so they can keep talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Trump's rallies are like. So I imagine that it gets boring after a while and the Fox news yeah. people are just like, Oh my God, he's ranting again. Well, he said that already. Oh yeah. And it's just, they, they want, they're tired of hearing the hits. They want, they right. want to hear some new hits. Yeah, he needs to write a new record. That's right. Need to come. Need to come up with a new album, there, Biff. Every Republican. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of Biff, Joe Scarborough thinks Trump won't seek re-election at all 
You know, I've been predicting that he's actually going to be primary challenged by not one, but several other Republicans, including... I think I, it would be best if, be best, uh, be if best. it were only a couple, because the only reason he won last time was because he was challenged by so many other people. Had it been just him and Jeb Bush and maybe Ted Cruz, yeah. Bush and Cruz would have been would have blown him out of the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and so that's... My, my guess is there are going to be a few. Uh, John Kasich, Nikki Haley, yeah. uh, among others. I don't know if Nikki Haley's going to do it just yet. I think she's 2024 looking. 2024, huh? Well, I mean, that could be, uh, and that makes sense uh, from a, uh, an electoral point of view. If you're a Republican, you're typically mm-hmm. going to wait until 2024. Because she's got she's to sit back and get the stench of him. Uh, apparently, she scrubbed all notice of him off her Twitter account. Yeah. Like, she never worked for the Trump administration. Um, it's, it's very interesting. He, she scrubbed him completely. So she wants to stink off, I think, before yep. she runs. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it could be that. Uh, it, it could be that she's the anonymous person who wrote the op-ed. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, you know, again, a lot of things can happen in the next two years, yeah. uh, economic calamity, some mm-hmm. sort of, you know, whatever happens with Mueller. And of course this, mm-hmm. the, the whole Mueller thing now is taking on a new dimension given the midterms with, uh, you know, the report clearly is not going to come down. Uh, I, I don't even think the Mueller report is going to be handed down this year. I honestly, uh, God, I it think, won't be handed down before the midterms for sure. There's oh, no certainly way he's going to do that. No. I think he's. I think Mueller's waiting until the new year. I think Mueller's hoping for a Republican or for a Democratic uh, blue wave to sweep in at least one chamber of Congress, so right, there's so. at least one receptive <laughs> chamber of Congre- Congress that'll take that and right. and use it the way it needs to be used, which is to mm-hmm. begin uh, hearings and impeachment proceedings and proper, just proper investigation. It's like Tom Nichols said on the show yesterday. He is fully prepared for this Mueller report to be even worse than what we're predicting as far as Donald Trump's criminality goes. I would not be. I'm going to agree with our conservative friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's following this really closely and he's got the uh, the how do we put it? The expertise. Yes. (laughs) The expertise. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. To know what exactly what's uh, as far as what's coming next. uh, He's an expert in national security affairs and so on. So I would kind of trust what uh, Tom Nichols is saying about uh, this particular issue. Uh, He is kind of a smarty pants when it comes to that stuff. Yes, definitely a smarty Marty Pants. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else here to wrap up before we get into the postmortem show? Lots we didn't get to. I, here's one bit that uh, we need to squeeze in now. Speaking of indictments and Mueller, Michael Avenatti, who I'm kind of taking with a grain of salt these days. Uh-huh. But he says, he's saying, and, and I don't know if this is a prediction or if he knows something, but he says Don Jr. is going to be indicted before the end of the year. I hope so. I hope he's right. (laughs) Honestly, I'm hoping for Don Jr. to get indicted more so than I'm hoping for Donald Trump Sr. to be indicted, to be perfectly honest with you. Donald Trump Trump is going to be gone within 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's sooner than that. Through natural causes, of course, I'm not saying anything along the lines. I'm not pushing anything that's ridiculous. The Bob Seska show does not promote violence towards anybody. Exactly right. So knowing all of that, Don Jr. is a bigger threat because Don Jr. is already talking about politics and so on. So he, I, you yeah. know, and, and plus he's in the middle of all this uh, Russia oh, yeah. business. He's up so. to his eyebrow. He's up to his Beavis and Butthead head. About. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you can say Mike Pence is up to his albino eyebrow. His eyebrows albino eyebrows as well. Too. Yeah, I, can't, I can't say it as well as Sean Comiskey from the Stephanie Miller show, but you know, <laughs> you get the he's idea. He's got it down. Yeah. So I... I don't know. I, I'm hoping. I hope Michael Avenatti is right about this. He kind of kind of screwed up on the Kavanaugh thing. I don't know if he should have stuck his nose into that because no. it turned out to be, you know, providing fuel for the people who were looking for some sort of crazy accusation to, uh, to damage the whole process. And so I don't know if it was him or not. I don't care. At this point, it's yeah. just the, 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 the damage has been done. Yeah. And uh, so uh, finding someone to blame is probably not the best way to go. But anyway. No. <laughs> All right. So you make you want to make sure to go uh, subscribe on our Patreon. See, I'm getting to the point where I'm just podcasted out. I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> just winded. I'm just got my hands on my knees. And I'm like, oh, my God. Is this one over yet? What show is this? I don't know what show it is, but I'm about to do yet another podcast as soon as this music <laughs> is done. 
post-mortem show on our Patreon page. So go and sign up, subscribe. Meanwhile, go and listen to the From the Bunker podcast at from-the-bunker.com. Also follow Jody on uh, Twitter, From the Bunker Jr. is her Twitter handle. And also you can hear Jody on Tuesday, every Tuesday on the Stephanie Miller Show at stephaniemiller.com. Take care, folks. See you tomorrow, the after party. Bye-bye.